We're going to talk about this idea of forgiveness. It's an issue and an idea that we talk a lot about in church, but I think we talk about it in such a way that maybe we've cheapened the idea of forgiveness. We have made forgiveness kind of a product that we're pushing and selling. And that if we, uh, we package it correctly and here we are, this is, this is Jesus and blah, 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 he can wash away your, your sins and uh, make you have life. And then, but wait, there's more. You get to go to heaven ah, and buy two on Sunday and you get a third one free. Like it becomes an infomercial. And as a pastor, a person who, who is saying these things from the stage, it feels it's really this internal struggle to feel like a salesman and, uh, and not a pastor. And it's, it's a struggle that we have. It's a struggle we talk about in staff meetings. It's a struggle uh, internally. And it comes from this idea we want people to have forgiveness so badly that all of a sudden we're peddling it instead of living it. And as I was thinking about that, I started thinking about um, when we peddle it, we make it cheaper. And because we want it to be accessible, we want everyone to be able just to step into forgiveness and, and to have the forgiveness of Jesus. And that is absolutely true. The grace and the mercy that Jesus has for you is so overflowing, so overwhelming, so amazing. We want that to, to be for all of us. The problem is we pray that prayer, we step into that forgiveness, and then a week later, life still stinks. And we're like, well, that product didn't work. I'm the only one that feels that way, right? You guys, you guys never had felt, felt that way. Uh, but the product didn't work, and so it must be broken, and so Jesus must be broken. There's a problem. Jesus isn't broken. <laughs> but our viewpoint and the way in which we relate to him might have some issues. And so we're going to delve into that this morning, and it's a little bit interesting. Uh, it's a touchy kind of subject. I'm not saying there's works that we got to do for grace or that we got to hold our tongue right to get God's forgiveness or anything like that. But I know that forgiveness work um, is harder than we make it to be. Not that Jesus, Jesus doesn't have to break a sweat to forgive us. Like he, he's got that down pat. But how we forgive others and how we live it out, that's messy stuff. And anyone that tells you that's clean and easy, they are lying to you. <laughs> okay? They're trying to make a product that they can sell easily. Forgiving people is hard and messy stuff. And Satan has tricked us and lied to us and said, well, if you can't forgive so-and-so, then you don't have any business being in a relationship with God. If you have a problem with forgiveness, then you, then you must not be good enough to be a Christian, and you might as well just give up. Because John 10.10, 10, our theme verse for this whole, uh, whole time is, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give his life and to give it abundantly. See the difference? Satan always is trying to take us. He'll take something beautiful, the most beautiful, wonderful thing that history has ever produced, the forgiveness of sins, and he will still kill and destroy it in a way in our hearts that it, that it starts to eat at us and take away our joy. You hear me? You hear what I'm saying? Okay, so we're going to delve into that uh, this morning, a real light subject, and uh, we'll, we'll have fun with that this morning. <clears throat> our main theme... <clears throat> For today is this, forgiveness is a lifestyle, not a result. Forgiveness is a lifestyle and not a result. And what I mean by that is we don't just automatically arrive at forgiveness one day. Like we don't, we just don't automatically go, oh, I'm perfect at forgiving people. And then we're good with that. Forgiveness is a choice day in, day out. 
It is, it is a choice over and over and over and over and over and over again that I will forgive, which makes it a little more intense, right? Which makes it harder, but it's deeper. I think about um, football's getting ready to start again. And, and if you listen to any, any sports radio or whatever, they are just so excited that NFL is going to start again, so they have something to talk about. And this is the time of year, like, if Little League Baseball is the thing that's headlining ESPN, you know it's a little slow in the sports department. Okay, I love it. It's great, uh, but it's a little slow. Um, so they're so excited that the football is going to start again. But you don't win the Super Bowl by just going, oh, we won the Super Bowl, right? That, those guys are so conditioned. They've been working every day, eating. Uh, cra- I watched a, a, like a biography on, on uh, Tom Brady. He's had like the same nutritionist trainer guy for the last like 15 years. And that guy controls his life. He's like, nope, you can't have that cookie. You know, like whatever. He, he, like everything that he puts into his body is controlled through this because he's so dedicated to winning the Super Bowl. It has become a lifestyle of that. Now, you, you might have your own theories on his cheating and all those other things. But how he lives his life is totally geared towards getting those, re, those results, those end results. But we don't want to look at that. We just want to look at the game and like oh, the completion of percentage and oh, you played great, fantastic. There's been so many hours of work that's gone into that to make that happen that it's just absolutely mind-boggling how hard that is to pull off and to do, to do repeatedly. Our forgiveness and the forgiveness of sins and forgiving other people, it's like winning the Super Bowl. It's one of the hardest things. When someone's wronged you, and hurts your heart, like deeply betrayed you. And to say, you know, Eric, Eric hurts my feelings. I, I forgive you, Eric. And, and then I go home, I'm like, jerk, Eric. You know, I told him to his face I forgave him. But, and it festers and it boils and it's in there. And oh, Eric. But hey, buddy, how you doing? See you at church. <laughs> right? And we, we do that. But what happens when forgiveness, because that's looking for a result. We're just one time, oh, I forgive you, we're good to go. But forgiveness as a lifestyle is not even even having to think about for yeah there was a slight okay whatever I'm moving on I'm putting through that I'm going I'm I'm over it that is a dramatically different kind of feeling in our life forgiveness is a lifestyle not a result forgiveness is this huge theme in media right now if you watch any TV show you will read any almost any book you watch any movie you listen to any um, secular songs forgiveness and trying to figure out how it works will be a theme in it. I've started listening to secular songs when I prepare the message uh, each week. I used to listen to nothing but like Christian music or classical music when I was doing that because it just helps me think and whatever. I found that if I started listening to Christian music when I'm writing the message, I start writing the message to Christians. There's a problem with that um, sometimes. But when I started listening to secular music, I started getting into the issues in the heart, heart stuff that's going on in the, in the secular author. When I start reading secular books, when I start looking at, at secular movies, I start to see the heart conditions that people are really struggling with. Over and over and over and over again, it's this idea of seeking out forgiveness and finding it in really weird and hurtful sometimes places. All you have to do is watch like any movie, uh, listen to any Aloe Black song. Listen to anything, you know, anything. It's just over and over again, um, all this weird stuff about forgiveness. You watch any Friends episode. We were on a break! 
Those of you who are old enough to watch Friends know exactly what I'm talking about. We were on a break. That is a theme that goes through the whole show for 10 years or whatever. We were on a break. Um, And they can't get over this one stupid little thing. Forgiveness is a lifestyle, not a result. And us as, as Christians and followers of Christ, and those of us who are trying to explore that, should be able to, to hold on to it. We, we, we have the answer to this, this issue in society. We, we got this one. We don't want to live it out the best ourselves, but we got this. We, got, we have the answer on this one. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. It becomes who we are, not just the Super Bowl. Let's talk about that this morning. I love to cook. Uh, I, I do. Um, I got that from my mom. Uh, I used to help her because my mom's you know, been struggling with her rheumatoid arthritis uh, all, all my life. And uh, sometimes she just couldn't do whatever it was. She, she's never been able to open uh, canned goods. And so like that's my, been my job since I was about five years old is uh, started to, now it's been passed on to Bowen. We open canned goods for mom. That's what we do. And so once you start opening canned goods, you want to see how that canned goods starts to become that yumminess that gets in my belly later on. So I started getting interested in that, interested in that. And, and then we got to crush oregano and put it in spaghetti sauce and we got to do more stuff. And so I learned to cook for my mom. Um, but my dad is an excellent, excellent griller. And he loves putting the hickory chips on and loves cooking on the coals and just can do a steak like nobody's business. And um, so I love grilling. And so I, I'm, I put those two together. The problem is if you're cooking in the kitchen on the inside and you're grilling on the outside and you got kids running around, it gets exciting quickly. <clears throat> Right. So uh, in, in the new and now, you know, with with eight year olds, their birthday's Tuesday. So I got to get used to uh, their eight year olds, the eight year olds. And now I put the six month old in there and now you're doing it one handed. You're like, wow, moms are awesome. OK, so you're running inside, you're running outside. You try not to drop the baby because that's apparently a big deal. And you, you keep on going around. <laughs> and so I, I got the football hold and she's running around and she's squealing and giggling the whole time. My dog, my golden retriever is following me because she's hoping, well, if this is happening, something's falling and I'm going to get a snack. And so it's all going on. What happens is the kitchen explodes when I start cooking, right? There's flour on the ceiling. I'm not even using flour. I got flour on the ceiling. I got olive oil in my hair. I got spaghetti everywhere. I got things just, I mean, salads falling everywhere and the dog won't eat lettuce because she's smarter than that. And all kinds of issues are going on. Now, if you looked at my kitchen, you looked at all the dishes that I got to do afterwards. If you were there while I was cooking, you'd be like, I don't know if I want to eat what Jared just, I didn't drop any of the meat on the floor. I want to be very perfectly clear. I didn't drop anything. Everything's clean. Everything's nice. But man, that kitchen is a wreck. It's, it just, it's going to take a lot of work to get there. It's a messy situation. So if you looked at how it, it came together and you said, I don't want to eat this, but when it's served, it's beautiful. It's this wonderful steak. You got these uh, there's asparagus, and you got this baked potato. And you got all this, all this fabulous food coming around. If you if you but if you step in the kitchen, you're like, that's pretty messy. I don't know if I want to eat that. I think sometimes forgiveness. We look at forgiveness, and we just want the meal. We don't want to see how it was made in the first place. Forgiveness is a lot of work. We mess up a lot of dishes. Here's a beautiful thing. When we do the messy work of forgiveness, Jesus does the dishes. He's like, I got this. You enjoy it. I got this. I'll clean that up. That's what happens. Forgiveness is a lifestyle, not a result. 
And some of us have to be, be willing to dirty some dishes to step into that. There's a, a restaurant called Buca de Beppo. You got to say it that fast too. And it's really funny. It like tickles your tongue. Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. And anyway, you can order and ask when you get a reservation, you can ask for the kitchen room. You get the kitchen table, and the kitchen table has some bonuses because if they make an extra appetizer or something, they just drop it on your plate and keep on moving. And you're like, Yahtzee! You know, it's the best place to get for your birthday dinner or whatever. You go to Buca de Beppo, and you're in the kitchen room. And so you, but you can see everything that's going on and how they're making your food. It's like a health inspector's dream, right? So you can see every, how they're cooking all the, all the food, all the appetizers, how they, how they organize, how they do everything. You get to see it. And I think this is one of these, these viewpoints we, we've got to step into is like, we just got to be willing to see how it's made instead of just waiting out and going, what is taking so long? Once, once you sit in the kitchen room, you're like, oh, that's why it takes 15 minutes for my food to magically appear all of a sudden. They are creating this beautifulness uh, for me. And it, it takes work. Forgiveness is a lifestyle, not a result. Luke chapter 17, verse 3 to 5, Jesus says some of his, his hardest teaching is about forgiveness. The stuff that makes the disciples go, oh, is about forgiveness. In Luke and Matthew, these are both gospels, which means they're both basically written accounts of what Jesus was downloading, teaching to his disciples and to people when he walked this earth. So we're just going to jump into Luke and Matthew here real quick. Luke 17, 3 through 5. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must, must, must forgive them. That is hard, Jesus. I don't want to do that. And you are with the apostles if you say that. The apostles say this, increase our faith. Jesus said, if somebody keeps on sinning against you, you must, what? Forgive them. And their response is, oh Lord, give me faith. Because this is so hard. Because if we think about it for more than two seconds, there's people, there's situations in our life that we're struggling to forgive. And so the proper response to that is, Jesus, help me with my faith. Increase my faith so I can do this. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, 22. Uh, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And seven is a perfect number, so they're like, you know, a lot. And which is really funny uh, with Peter, especially because Jesus spends some time um, in Peter's hometown. He uh, he meets his mother-in-law. He uh, and so there's all these familial connections with Peter. But Peter's probably about 21, 22 years old, um, and his his brother is one of the disciples, Andrew. So who knows how old Andrew is? Probably 18, 19 years old. Um, a little younger, but so you have this 21, 22 year old going, so, so how many times do I have to forgive my brother or, or sister? You know, there's a little self editing there. How many times do I have to forgive this knucklehead? Seven times. Like that makes me feel like a good person. If I'm, if I forgive him seven times and Jesus's answer is not what Peter wanted to hear. I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Like I'm just multiple times, exponentially more Peter. I know Andrew's annoying, and he keeps on picking on you, but 77, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. 
Matthew 6, 14, 15 says this, For if you forgive other people when they have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. It's this lifestyle of forgiveness. You cannot forgive until you accept forgiveness. This is a huge point in how we deal with forgiveness. I think it's one of the reasons why the world struggles so much with the idea of forgiveness is because we want to be forgiven, but we don't want to forgive anyone. And this becomes a problem. And so this becomes a pivotal idea in in how we step into forgiveness is to actually ask for forgiveness from, from God to accept this forgiveness from God. And from there, it can start to overflow in how we forgive everyone in our lives. Robert Jordan wrote, um, a man will, for, will forget, but never forgive. And a woman will forgive and never forget. <laughs> right? These are, you know, a guy will be holding a grudge. And you're like, why are you holding that grudge? really know, but I'm mad. And a woman remembers. Because that comes back in that argument about five years later, and you're, where did that come from? I forgot all about that stupid thing I did. That's true, but when you enter a lifestyle of forgiveness, you shatter that stereotype. You break it down. Forgiveness is a lifestyle and not a result. It changes all of that. See, this, the, the forgiveness that, that Jordan is talking about, it's surface-level forgiveness. It's the kind of forgiveness we're used to. It's the kind of forgiveness that's just, okay, yeah. It's the kind of forgiveness I was talking about with me and Eric. We had a problem. Oh, yeah, I forgive you. It's cool. We're going to... But when we move on to a lifestyle forgiveness, it's, it becomes who we are. It's, it's over. Before they even ask for forgiveness, it's forgiven. It's done. Forgiveness as a lifestyle looks like this in marriage. I was doing premarital counseling this week. And um, they were talking about an argument they've had and, and some stuff they've been, they've been dealing with. And I just looked at them and I said, don't keep score. And I looked at me like, what are you talking about? Don't keep score. What are you talking about? Don't, don't keep score. It does don't keep score. It doesn't matter. Like, well, we did these three things with you and we got to do one with me to make up for that. And we got the equilibrium has to be here and this has to happen this way. Don't keep score. Forgiveness means you don't keep score. A lifestyle forgiveness says, I don't don't keep score. My wife went back to work this week, full-time work teaching. That means Jared's life changes a little bit. Now, I could get really upset about, well, I cooked four meals this week, and I did this this week, and I cleaned the toilets, and look at me. I need a cookie. You know, whatever. I could get really, really cranky about all that stuff. Don't keep score. Who cares? Because there's so many times that she did way more for you, Jared, than you ever deserved, and you sat your happy rear end on the couch and watched ESPN for three hours and didn't move. Oh, yeah. You really want to keep score? Because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to keep score with my wife and who served who better. Don't keep score. Don't keep score. Lifestyles, or forgiveness is a lifestyle, not a result. 
Another, there's a couple of roadblocks for this. I think keeping a score about forgiveness is, is one of the roadblocks. Another one is we think, I'm innocent. I didn't do anything. I am innocent. And if you don't have a real colorful like backstory, you don't have a color, real colorful testimony, like, you know, Jared, I wasn't a pimp and I didn't uh, sell drugs. Uh, I didn't really have to. Uh, you know, Jesus' forgiveness isn't this crazy a crazy huge thing for me. Like you hear them on, on TV or the, the Christian uh, radio station or whatever. You're like, Whoa, that, that testimony is great. And God radically saved them, which is awesome. But for me, I walk through life, you know, I never got arrested because I ran fast and I never, no, I'm just like, I never got arrested. I didn't do, I didn't do too many really stupid things. Like I knew where that line was. We're like, that's stupid. And then that's just ignorant. Okay. Now I just, I stopped at the stupid part and just had fun. But I don't have a real colorful backstory. And so for a long time, in my high school and college years, I was like, I don't, I don't understand God's forgiveness that well because I didn't, like, do I really need to be forgiven? Like, did I mess up that bad? And I didn't understand this whole thing. And I think this is a very common, like, I don't need Jesus' forgiveness because I'm a good person. And we walk through that and like, ah. What helped me actually understand how badly I needed God's forgiveness is I needed to forgive someone else. And I couldn't. And I kept on running up to this point of, God, I know I need to forgive this person. This issue is driving me insane. It's weighing me down. It's put like weights on my back. It has just been a mess. I need to forgive them. I'm trying to forgive them. And this verse comes to me. But if you don't forgive others, your your father in heaven won't forgive you. I, I just started to work on me that, Maybe I've never even, I've not forgiven them and I've not accepted Jesus' forgiveness in this. And so therefore I can't step into what God has for me. So once I said, God, I'm starting to see how judgmental I've been. I'm starting to see how much I I thought I was better than everybody else. And started working on my heart and all of a sudden forgiveness started to break through. And starting to understand who God is. And maybe that's for you. You've just realized you need to be forgiven from your judgment, from your preconceived notions, from your bigotry in whatever form that is. Because we're not innocent. We all got issues. We all have stuff. Maybe it's not the flashy stuff. Maybe it's not the things that are like, well, I didn't ever kill anybody, so I'm pretty good going on here. Yeah, but you've been sowing little insurrections all your life. You've been picking and poking and making people mad for, for 30 years. Oh, that's a problem? Yeah, it's a problem. It's not flashy like you didn't kill anybody or didn't steal anything, but it's still a sin. If we really want to step into forgiveness, we've got to ask for it. We've got to live it, and we have to give it. Second thing, I think is a roadblock, is this, how is forgiveness that simple? People are like, I don't understand how I can just step into Jesus forgives my sins, and it's all good, it's gone. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to jump any rope. I don't have to, you know, what? it really is that simple. However, just because something is simple doesn't mean it's not very complex in execution. Christians have boiled down forgiveness as the seventh heaven episode or some Hallmark Channel movie, right? Where it has a nice little bow at the end and whoop, good to go. Forgiveness isn't like that at all. I think 
If, and we've skewed our, our, our heads to like, oh, we, I've got to live up to that example. And then we get discouraged. I'm never going to be able to forgive these people. I'm never going to be able to get through this stuff. Now, forgiveness looks a whole lot more like that messy dinner where just stuff is going everywhere and, and it happens. At the end, there's this beautiful meal to partake in. But it's messy on the way there. Forgiveness is messy. It's hard work. It's choices. It's failures. But it's constantly striving on and working on it. It's choosing forgiveness. Third roadblock that we have is we still blame. Blame is a, a double-edged sword. We either blame ourselves for the dumb stuff we've done, or we still blame others for the dumb stuff that they did. And until we can just remove the blame game out of our vocabulary or out of our mental state, we, can, we can't step in to a lifestyle of forgiveness, right? John 10, 10, thief comes to kill, still and destroy. That is blame in a nutshell, right? As long as we're blaming people, we can't forgive them. As long as we're blaming people that you did this to me, you did that, blah, 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 this happened, or I screwed everything up because I did this and did this until we can lay down that blame. We're not going to be able to step in to forgiveness. Jesus knows this is a huge deal. He, he knows it's a huge deal. And so he does a couple of things that really makes uh, forgiveness kind of work. One, he shows forgiveness. He lives it out. And then he sends help. See, through Jesus, we have uh, forgiveness. And, and he shows this forgiveness to people all throughout the New Testament, all throughout the scriptures. He, people that are just caught in all kinds of weird situations, he forgives and he forgives and he forgives. And then his very action of death and resurrection is the epitome of forgiveness and, and giving us an avenue to forgiveness. But then he gave us help. I think this is one we, we kind of steer away from. Is the Holy Spirit's purpose is to be the helper, the comforter, to help guide us in this lifestyle of forgiveness. The Holy Spirit in Greek is, uh, is Sophia, which is wisdom. That when we, at, uh, we, we, we walk in wisdom, we have this helper guiding us on how we forgive and how we live this forgiveness out. Forgiveness is a lifestyle not a result. Back to my dinner story. <clears throat> There's one pan. Uh, one pan. I hate this pan. I ha it's like the perfect size to put vegetables in to be the side dish for our, all of our family. So we always use it to put the vegetables in. And broccoli, whenever you put it in this particular pan, burns. Now there is, you know, Chanel number six is actually the smell of burnt broccoli. Did, if you, did you not know that? Um, I actually don't know that. But it is the worst stinky smell there is in the kitchen, right? You burn broccoli, everybody's like, oh, I'm out of the house. Like, we going to McDonald's? Like, what? I'm not stepping foot in there. But every time we put food in that stupid dish, we burn the broccoli. Every time. And for, for us... Kelly and I get very frustrated. Doesn't matter if I'm cooking, doesn't matter if she's cooking. If broccoli, it doesn't, if it's peas or green beans, totally cool. If it's broccoli, it gets burnt in that dish. And Bowen smells that smell and he's all excited because that means he doesn't have to eat broccoli for dinner, right? <laughs> he's the only one that's excited about that smell. The rest of it. But here's the deal. Sometimes we throw, like, in our minds, 
Does that mean that I'm going to throw out the rest of the meal? Does that, did that affect the steak? No. Did that affect the chicken? Did that affect the, the corn on the cob? No, that didn't affect any of those things. But so many times in our own lives, when we're dealing with forgiveness, because we're struggling with one aspect of forgiveness, with one person or one situation, we're like, ah, forget it. We'll throw the whole thing out. We'll go to McDonald's. That's what we do with forgiveness. Because one part's broken, we'll just, ah, we'll throw it all away. My, uh, my mom, I went back, I, going back, is a fantastic cook. She doesn't cook like she used to because of dietary stuff with her and my father, so, um, which is very unfortunate um, for both my father and, my, and myself. Um, but she's a fantastic cook. But uh, for what, seven years, seven years, junior high and senior high in my life, every night at 530, there was an event that happened at our house. Every night at 530. <laughs> My mom's too short to waft anything at the, the smoke alarm, so she's just staying there. And she can't lift her arms over her shoulders, so this is really funny. Until Dad and I would come in and push the button. Or put, every night at 5.30, she'd set the fire alarm off. Now, I could hear that annoying noise. Now, that was dinner bell. The, I, the Dad and I were like, oh, get the drinks ready in the silverware. <laughs> so we're doing every, 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 every night. I don't know what was going on with that smoke detector, but every night. Did that mean we gave up on the meal? Absolutely not. Was it annoying? Yes. Did it happen? Yes. But forgiveness is like, we, we get caught up in the fire alarm going off or the things being burnt or a little bit of smoke here. We just throw the rest of it out because it's hard and it's messy and it, and it, and it causes problems. But when we do that, we miss out on the fried chicken and the mashed potatoes and gravy and the green beans with more bacon in them than green beans. We been, she learned to cook from a woman raised in Kentucky, if you can tell that. Um, and, and, and we miss out. We miss out on the beauty in that. We miss out in enjoying that. Because, oh, well, the smoke detector went off. We might as well go next door to Rally's and get a hamburger. I don't want to. We cheapen it. Over and over and over again, you guys do this and I do this too. When we just look at forgiveness as results of our life, oh, here's a marker, here's a marker, here's a marker. We miss out on this beautiful calling we have in our life as forgiveness as a lifestyle, not a result. As followers of Jesus, we need to rethink how we talk about forgiveness, how we live forgiveness, instead of trying to sell forgiveness. And so as we think about the people in our lives, even the people we are going to invite to block party, as, as we think about all the different stuff going on in our lives, how do we step into this? I know I got issues in my life that I struggled with forgiveness over. And so each morning, each day, it's got to be a decision. God, help me forgive. Help me forgive. And you know what? That becomes habit. That starts to get ingrained in who we are. Forgiving gets easier and easier and easier. That's why Jesus says, you don't, just, you don't just forgive once. You don't just forgive seven times. It's seven times 70, 490 times. We should get little stickers made to put on our cars and say 490. You know how the, the people who got 13.1 because they ran a half marathon or whatever, you know, or the 146 to do the Iron Man, you get those. But 490, people are like, what'd you do? You know, like, like, 
I died. That's what I did. Um, but no, 490 to say, you know what? I, I just forgive and I forgive and I forgive and I forgive. And that's who it, not to be doormats, not to be walked all over. That's not what I'm saying. But to live a lifestyle of forgiveness, to step into who Jesus wants us to be. Because if we can do that, we can truly step into life, how he dreams it for us. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you that we get to participate in it. Thank you that we get to be forgiven. Lord, right now I pray um, that if there's anybody in here that needs your forgiveness, that they would just ask uh, to step into this lifestyle. That Lord, take the sin, take this stuff, take this junk and forgive me of it, Lord. For those of us who have been trying to live lifestyles of forgiveness, we're trying to forgive. We got big monumental issues in our lives. Lord, that you would give us the strength, that you would give us the hope, that you would give us the wisdom, that your guide, the Holy Spirit, would walk through us so that we could move on, that we could, we could forgive how you have called us to. Because no longer, Jesus, do I want to live a life that's being stolen by Satan, that's being killed, that's being destroyed by Satan. But I want to step into the life that's abundant, the life that's beautiful, the life that you have designed for me. Lord, we love you. And in Jesus' powerful, holy, beautiful name I pray. Amen.